Oh, hi there. Donald from, from Otaku no Podcast here with the final video in the sushi series. Before we start, though, you're probably wondering, gee, that Donald's room, it looks awfully like the, a cheesy hotel room. Well, that's because I'm not at home. I'm in a cheesy hotel room. Well, actually, it's a pretty nice hotel. It's the LAX Weston. Um, I'm actually out of town right now, attending the Southern California Linux Expo, or SCALE. I mentioned earlier that February would be a very busy month for me, um, what with planning our move and all, and as well as this conference that I always attend. Um, so that's also why the video is kind of at a weird angle, because I don't have my tripod with me. I actually have the camera propped up on a couple of 12-pack Coke containers. Um, and that's also why the sound, this sound is really crappy. It's because I don't have my microphone with me. Um, but the actual video that I shot, I shot earlier back when I was at home, so that video at least has the better sound with my microphone and has, a, has the tripod on it. Um, so this is, as I mentioned before, our final video in the sushi series. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, the fact that I haven't received any um, dead spiders in the mail or death threats or anything like that, maybe that means that you actually are enjoying it or at least you're willing to tolerate it. Um, in today's episode, we're going to talk uh, about we're finally going to face the fish. Um, it's time to finally face the fish, but it's not as difficult as you might think. While we're along the way, we're going to learn a little bit of knife etiquette, um, care and maintenance of your knives. And finally, as far as sushi is concerned, we're going to learn um, the tekamaki, or tuna roll, as well as nigiri sushi, or hand-pressed sushi. And finally, we're going to learn probably the easiest sushi to make of all, chirashi sushi. Very hard to, hard to pronounce, but easy to make. Anyways, let's get on to the video. Greetings, and welcome once again to the Otaku no Podcast Test Kitchens. Today, this is our final installment in the sushi video series. I'm sorry, but, well, that's the way it has to be. And today is finally the time has come at last to conquer your inner demons, to face your fears, to face the fish. But don't worry, everything's going to be okay, don't panic. I'm here to show you how, and it's really not that difficult. Today, we're going to make a couple different kinds of sushi. We're going to make another type of rolled sushi, the tekamaki roll, or tuna roll. We're going to make nigiri sushi, or pressed sushi, of various types. And finally, we're going to make the temaki roll, or hand roll. Let's see what ingredients we'll be using today. Now I'm sure you're familiar with most of these by now. We have, of course, our sushi rice. Again, sushi rice or long grain or sh I mean short, short grain rice. Either one, if it says that on the package, you're probably good to go. Medium grain rice sort of works. The consistency is not quite there, but if that's all you got, well, that's all you got. Sushi rice vinegar. Again, seasoned rice vinegar. Make sure it has, it has seasoning. It says seasoned rice vinegar. Um, you can make this stuff yourself. I think it's like seven parts vinegar to 
two parts sugar to one part salt and if I got that wrong um, I'll insert the correct formula in a lower third here. Anyways, you can mix it yourself but why bother? Just get the seasoned stuff. You will also want, of course, nori, our pressed algae sheet thingies. Um, some people like sesame seeds on their rolls. Completely optional, your choice. And you'll want wasabi, or Japanese horseradish. Again, comes in two forms. Tube form, which you squeeze out like toothpaste, and again, once you're done using it, uh, once you've opened it, you have to refrigerate it. And the powder form, which you have to mix with water. Get the tube form, it's easier, trust me. Now, at, f at long last, we face the fish. You can get, uh, the best way to do it is go to a Japanese or Asian market. They usually have what's a sash sashimi grade fish um, frozen for your convenience. Um, it's available pre in little pre-cut slices such as this. Um, this is, I don't know what this is. This here is tilapia and this is shrimp. Um, those are really convenient because then you don't have to cut, cut them up yourself. But you can also get this, which is eel or unagi, which is great in, in uh, both rolls and uh, nigiri pressed sushi. Um, this is actually cooked. You just have to kind of bake it for a little bit to warm it up. And it has a really cool sweet sauce. It's really tasty. And finally, you can get blocks of sashimi grade tuna or salmon or other kinds of fish. This is is a little more difficult because you have to cut it yourself but it's really not that bad and I'll be showing you that later. Now you might be thinking wait a minute I can just go down to the local uh, grocery store and go to the fish section and get fresh fish and cut it up yourself. Uh, please don't. First of all it's really hard to if you ever tried filleting a fish and, and deboning it and stuff it's really hard. Also even if the market says that it's quote-unquote sushi grade or sashimi grade, they don't always trust them. Um, the words sushi grade and sashimi grade are really marketing terms and they don't necessarily mean that the fish has been properly checked for, you know, properly checked for um, bacteria and contaminants and that sort of thing. Your best bet is to go with an Asian or Japanese market and go for the frozen stuff. And if you don't have an Asian or Japanese market nearby, you can order them, you can order it online. It comes to you packed in dry ice, it's really cool, and you get to play with the dry ice afterwards. So that's twice the fun. Anyways, that's it for ingredients. Let's see what equipment we'll need. Again, if you've been paying attention at all to any of my videos, most of the stuff is probably quite familiar to you. We have, of course, our rice cooker. And yes, you can get them pretty cheap, around you know 20 to 50 bucks for the kind of dumb generic ones. Or you can go with the fuzzy logic cookers, for which are about $100, $150, some, some of them $200. Really, if you like, if you like your rice, you know, get the fuzzy logic cookers. They make the best rice, trust me. If not, you can get one of the cheap no-name brands, but the cheap, uh, generic, um, uh, non-fancy rice cookers, but then your rice might be a little off. 
You can also, of course, cook rice in a pot on the stove, but that's really touchy. It's very hard to do and just don't. Of course, we also know our friends, the bowl and the mixing bowl and the uh, wire mesh strainer. And the oke, or Japanese wooden rice tub, and the wooden rice paddle. And a fan, or if you have a uh, electric house fan, you can use that as well. And we'll need a, the small sushi rolling mat, which you will remember from the previous episode. Finally, you'll need a knife and a cutting board. And again, do not use glass cutting boards. Nothing will kill a knife faster than a glass cutting board. Use wood, bamboo, or plastic works well also. And what type of knife you'll need? You'll need the longest, thinnest blade that you've got. This is like a uh, Western style slicing knife. Um, this will work, but if you really want to, to roll with the big dogs, you're going to want a Japanese sashimi or sushi knife called a yanagi or a yanagi ba. This is a long single-edged blade that is specifically meant for, for cutting uh, fish. And since it's a single-edged blade, they come in both right-hand and left-hand versions. So if you're a southpaw, you'll need to get a specifically left-handed version of Yanagi. You can get these pretty inexpensively. Um, I think this, this one, this generic stainless steel one, I got at a Japanese market for, I think, about $20 or so. Um, they work pretty good, nice and sharp, pretty good. But if you really want to do it right, you'll get a carbon steel Yanagi. And this, this is when you really run with, run, run with the big dogs. Carbon steel Yanagis are extremely sharp. They can hold a, an edge like nobody's business. They're also a bit tricky to take care of, but once you get the hang of it, not that bad. Now, price-wise, I've seen them for as low as, you know, 40 or 50 bucks. Um, you can get decent ones for that price, but in Japan, uh, Yanagi sushi knives can, I've seen that um, they've gone for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars, even a thousand dollars. But if you, if you really wanted to go the carbon steel Yanagi route, one of the $50 ones, $50, $100 ones, those work pretty well. This one I think cost, cost me about 150 on eBay. It's a good, really good knife. Um, check the show notes uh, for this episode and I'll be linking to some good, uh, good deals on Yanagi knives. Now, carbon steel is a bit trickier to take care of than regular knives because, um, because of the high carbon content, they, they tend to rust a lot easier and so you have to like be careful when, you, when you're using it to make sure that the blade never, never uh, stays wet for extended periods of time and you have to sharpen them regularly. Um, for that, you'll need what's called a, a Japanese water stone. And you'll probably be able to find these at the same place where you find your carbon steel knives. They're pretty inexpensive, about $20, 30 think, I think this one cost me 25 bucks. You'll also need mineral oil. And again, it has to be food-safe mineral oil. Um, because when you're done with your knife, it's a good idea to to lightly coat the blade with food-safe mineral oil before you store it. That way it prevents it from rusting and it generally, you know, keeps it in good shape.
Anyways, let's get started. All right, I'm sure you know the routine in your sleep by now, but in case you don't, go back to our first episode or basically take, measure out some rice, about one cup for if you're just you and maybe one other person, two to three cups if you have several friends over, uh, measure it out, pour it in your bowl, and wash it. Uh, fill the bowl with water and using a sweeping motion, kind of swish your hand through the wat rice and then press down gently. Repeat this motion for about 30 times. Then drain your rice and then again fill the bowl with water. This time you don't want to do the pressing motion, just kind of gently swish your hands through the rice for maybe 30 seconds or a minute or so. And then finally drain your rice into your um, wire mesh strainer and let it drain at least for one hour preferably several hours or overnight. But if you do it for longer than several hours, be sure and stick it in the fridge and also periodically agitate the rice, you know, kind of mix it up with your hands to prevent little damp spots from forming in the middle of it. Once your rice is done drying, um, pour it into the rice cooker along with an equal amount of water. So if you used one cup of rice, put in one cup of water. And then start your rice cooker. When it's done, wet, wet your um, rice paddle you know, just moisten it with water and use it to gently loosen the rice from the edge of the rice cooker bowl. Now take your oke and mo again moisten it with water and then dump your rice out into your oke. Then measure out some sushi vinegar. Uh, again it's about 10 parts rice to one part vinegar. You can be precise about it or you can eyeball it and then just sort of gently sprinkle the uh, rice vinegar evenly, as, pot, as evenly as you can over the rice. Then, again, using your moistened uh, rice paddle, using a cutting motion, kind of gently cut the rice up, uh, break up the chunks, you know, break it up into, break up the large chunks, and then gently fold the rice in, you know, mixing in all the vinegar mixture. Uh, do, while you're doing this, be, be sure and fan your rice a little cool off quickly. Once it's reached about uh, body temperature, it's ready to serve. Now it's time to deal with your fish. But before we do that, we must learn the way of the blade. Greetings, grasshopper. It is time for you to learn the way of the blade. First lesson. Never let your blade stand wet. When you use it, you must constantly remember to keep it dry. Keep just basically wipe it after every use. Second, you must never Never, ever use glass cutting board. Nothing will kill blade faster than glass cutting board. Third, never, never, ever put knife, use wash knife in dishwasher. Nothing kill knife faster than dishwasher. Fourth rule, do not use knife to cut things other than fish especially things with bones. Yanagi sushi sashimi knife, not good for bone. Gets dull very bad. Rule number five, never ever use knife for purpose that knife 
is not originally meant for use. For example, opening cans, prying things. Never, ever do this. It will kill your knife blade faster than anything. Rule number six, always, always sharpen knife after every use. For that, use water stone. Soak water stone in water for 15-20 minutes. Then, notice please, water stone has two sides. One side, coarse. The other side, is fine, smooth. Start using coarse side. Put knife blade side down on sharpening stone at 15 degree angle. Three fingers on back of blade and begin working back and forth across entire surface of blade. You will see dark substance begin to appear on, on sharpening stone. Do not panic. This is normal. This is desirable. If sharpening stone start to get dry on surface, moisten with a couple drops water. Move across entire length of bread. When done, flip stone over to smooth to fine texture side and repeat. This refines the edge. Again, remember, never let knife get wet. Finally, when done using knife ready to and ready to store, gently coat with thin layer of mineral oil. You have now learned way of blade. And now I will stop using cheesy accent. Sorry, couldn't resist. All right, let's cut some fish. Now, obviously, if you have pre-cut uh, sashimi fish, then well, you're all set. It's pre-cut. Now, but if you have this, basically, a, got a block of fish, notice, see, there's little lines here. This is, this is the natural muscle, muscle fibers of the fish. This is what we call the grain. So what we want to do is we want to cut against the grain. So, we take our knife. Now don't cut down straight vertical. We want to kind of lean our knife against at an angle. It was just called a bias. And so just cut in one long, smooth motion. Put uh, three fingers here above the above the fish as you cut. Now do this. Try and do this 
with only one long motion. Don't go sawing back and forth or else you'll, you'll disrupt, you'll break the delicate muscle fibers of the fish. Again, just one long motion. And this is where having a long uh, sushi knife such as this Yanagi really helps. And that one I sort of s slightly screwed up on. You might want to have to, you might have to go back and finish the cut, but try and avoid that. See, I kind of messed that up. Um, again, let's just get rid of that. Again, just want to do one long motion. It'll get a little harder as, as you get to the thicker part of the fish block, but do try. You want to get nice thin slices too, maybe Oh, I don't know. What's that? Maybe a, an eighth of an inch, maybe? A quarter inch? I don't know. Anyways, you want fairly thin slices. This is also, again, why you want to have a really wickedly sharp knife, because the sharper the knife, the easier it is going to be to, to, to cut through. Again, just a long cut against the grain of the fish. Remember, keep your knife dry whenever possible. Wipe it down between uses. Anyway, so you get the idea. You're basically going to end up with little slices like so. Now, when you're dealing with whole fillets like this um, Spanish mackerel or saba. What I usually do here is the grain of this fish kind of runs this way, so I usually just cut like this, and then again you want to lean your knife at a bias. It just slice off little pieces. like so. That's not the neatest one, but you get the idea. There. Rather like like that. Again, you're at an, at an angle or bias. And remember to bite your knife between uses. Let's start with the simplest type of rolled sushi, even simpler than the uh, maki sushi, the rolls that I showed you last time. This is called temaki, or hand roll. Get your ingredients. In this case, I'm going to make a tuna hand roll. Uh, for, the, for the tuna, you want it to get it kind of in little strips. So get one of your big pieces that you just cut off and slice it into little strips like so. Now take your nori sheet, and again, remember they have horizontal horizontal score marks. You want to you want to fold it uh, parallel to the score marks, then tear it in half. And again, it has a shiny side and a dull side. You want the dull side facing up. Get yourself a good fistful of rice, about uh, what you'd put on a on a California roll, and then just kind of slap it down here 
on, on your sheet of nori at an angle. See, not, not fully straight up, just at an angle. You might want to put a swipe of wasabi down as well. And then just sort of lay out your ingredients like that. Now bring one side of the roll up like that and bring the other side around like so. And you're going to end up with something that basically looks like a green taco. Um, obviously a sushi sh professional sushi chef would make a much uh, neater design, but this is basically a hand roll and it's the really e pretty easy to roll and it's great if you're just you know making sushi for yourself or if you've got a group of friends over just set out a big pile of half nori sheets a big pile of rice and a big pile of ingredients and then you can just roll hand rolls all night let me try try and do another one um, again get a good fistful of rice plop it down Lay out your ingredients, fold one corner over, and just kind of basically roll it into a vaguely taco-ish shape. Kind of like that. And if you want, you can get a little kernel of rice here and use that to seal the end together. There's your hand, then there you have a hand roll. Now let's make a tuna roll or tekamaki roll. Get your half sheet of nori and your, and your rolling mat, again, flat side facing up, and then put your sheet of nori down on it, again, with the bumpy side facing up. Get yourself a pretty good size rice, lay it down, and you want to basically cover most of the nori sheet with a, a thin layer of rice. You want to leave about a quarter inch strip up at top. Now would be a good time to lay down a little strip of wasabi if you so desire. Again, be careful with this stuff. It's rather potent. And then get uh, one or two strips of tuna. Lay them down right in the middle, like so. Now we're going to grab and roll. Rather like that, and mine is falling apart, but ignore that fact. Basically, you want something like this. Now, take your knife, dip it in your hand vinegar, 
slice once down the middle, line those two slices up, and then slice that. Ah. Into three parts and well there, that kinda looks like it. There you have your takamaki or tuna roll. Very messy, but there you have it. Interesting fact. You might, you know, as you, you look at your neighborhood sushi restaurant, you might go look through their listing of rolls and see, you know, see all these rolls, you know, your spider rolls and your rainbow rolls and your dynamite rolls, and you might think, oh, these are all really cool Japanese rolls. Well, guess what? Technically, the only two sushi rolls that can be called real bona fide Japanese sushi rolls are the kapamaki or cucumber roll that we made last time and these, the tekamaki or tuna rolls. Every other roll out there is basically a purely American creation. Interesting fact, huh? Finally, let's make nigiri or pressed sushi, which is actually either both um, easier and in some ways more difficult. Now there's a fancy schmancy sushi chef way of, of forming the rice ball, but I'm going to show you sort of the, the cheater's simple method. And you don't have to be precise on this, just kind of as long as you make roughly something that roughly the same, the right shape, you're, you're good. I mean, it's not like you're being judged on presentation or anything. Um, you want to get yourself a, bowl, a ball of rice, about palm-sized, and shape it into a kind of an egg-like shape. And try avoiding pressing the rice as, as much as possible. You want to squeeze it and make mochi. Again, kind of, an, kind of a roughly square or rectangular shape with rounded edges, kind of egg shape. And then just basically get your, uh, your, your little piece of fish. Some people might want to put a swipe of wasabi down on it, your choice. And then just plop it right on top. Again, not the precise sushi chef formal training method, but hey, it works in a pinch. But there is one more thing. You can also make chirashi sushi, otherwise known as big old bowl of sushi rice with various fish and other seafood ingredients piled on top of it. So simple that even I can make it. And there you have it. Our long sushi journey has finally come to an end. By now you should be able to make some pretty tasty treats. A lot of them are quite easy to make, like Inari Sushi or, or of course Chirashi Sushi. And the, even the difficult ones aren't really that difficult. Don't worry too much if your rolls don't come out perfect or if your um, uh, Nigiri Sushi, you know, kind of sort of falls apart. I mean, you're not like Unless you're like practicing to play a sushi chef on TV, or if you're learning the sushi chef uh, uh, to to get a job as a sushi chef, just don't worry about it. I mean, it all it's all going to go in your mouth anyway. So 
it'll it'll taste the same even if it doesn't look the same as what you see in a sushi restaurant. So don't worry too much about the form. Um, just enjoy the tasty treats. Um, so let's talk. I want to talk now about the future, um, specifically the future of the video podcasts. Um, I may do some more Japanese cooking ones in the future. I'll try probably not for a while, and I'll probably keep those to a minimum. Um, what's next for the video podcast, though, I think, is I'm going to go do some uh, Japanese travel and cultural related things. Um, there are some Japanese festivals coming up that I'm going to try and get to, um, and maybe I can get some video from there, some various cultural events. Um, so in other words, I'll try to stay more on topic to what a Takuno podcast is about. But um, probably the next series of videos I'm going to do is actually going to be um, some videos about my travels in Japan. Um, in 2004, well, God, it's like six years ago now, um, we went on a trip, wonderful trip to Japan, which I still dream about and, and think about to this day. Um, I, I, I so want to go back and uh, I, I just can't wait. But anyways, on that trip, I took <laughs> almost 15 hours worth of video. No, I am not going to show you all of that video. Um, I'm believing I'm going to edit it down. In fact, that's the problem. That's been the problem. I just haven't been able to, you know, I've been procrastinating. I haven't really been able to edit it all down. But I think, I thought, I was thinking, you know, now that I have uh, started to do video podcasts for a talking to a podcast, um, I think it would be a great idea to edit out some of the highlights, you know, and show you guys around uh, different parts of Japan. We went through various parts of Tokyo, um, Kyoto, um, Kurashiki, um, what was the other one? Uh, various uh, parks and, and other places, uh, uh, Akone. So I'll release, I'll be releasing short. I'll keep them pretty short, maybe five, ten minutes at most, uh, trip segments over the coming months. Um, to those of, to the people who came, who accompanied me on the trip, don't worry, I'm not gonna, uh, include any personal things, we won't have our wild, uh, unfortunately I won't, you won't see any of our wild, um, <laughs> karaoke nights, well, I'll probably maybe put some of my karaoke in for comedic relief, but anyways, look forward to that in the coming months, um, I'll finally start uh, getting some of my Japan trip video out. Now, a word of warning, um, this was, you know, 2004, this was before HD camcorders came into effect. I had kind of a cheap, crappy uh, mini DV camcorder at that time, so the video quality is not going to be as good. I don't have any professional mics or boom mics or anything, so the audio quality is not going to be that good. Um, it's mostly going to be me doing vo voiceover anyway, so I'll probably cut out most of the actual camcorder audio. But also, um, the tapes have been in storage for about six years, and so they've started to kind of degrade. There are some um, spots in the tape that are actually completely unrecoverable, so I'll have to edit those out. But still, it should be watchable, and it should definitely be interesting, at least I think so. As far as Otaku no Podcast audio podcasts, um, like I said uh, Earlier, I'm definitely in the busy period. Uh, you know, I just had this this conference that I w worked uh, two weekends ago. Work is getting really busy, and we're also in the middle of moving. So, um, some of my stuff is already packed away. 
I will try and get another audio podcast out. Uh, I know I've got Enemy on the Chief Part Three or, or Part Two, sorry, and I also have some a, a conversation that me and my friends had about Enemy LA, which is horribly late, but I but you know I'm going to get it out for completeness' sake. Now, as far as conventions are going, um, I, I, as I said before, I, I don't have a huge, I, I, I have hardly any travel budget, so the only conventions I can really get to are here in the California area, mostly in LA and San Francisco, San Jose. Um, I may be going to Fanime Con, which is in, I believe, late in May, um, and I'm definitely going to Anime Expo, which is in the, uh, July 4th weekend. So I'll definitely be getting some, some footage, some interviews. I'll try and get some interviews and definitely some video and stuff from there. But the, I have, I'm working on some projects right now that may come to fruition, and I might be able to be uh, presenting those in a panel at either FanimeCon, Anime uh, Expo, or both. So keep your eye on the Otaku no Podcast website. When anything develops on that front, I'll be sure and announce it there. So thank you for sticking with me through this uh, Japanese cooking sushi food journey thing, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>